So, Purple, this is our last episode before you take a break. And to send you off right, I had Mike write a song for you. Mike, the song? Uh... Mike, please, please don't sing a song. Well, you heard her. Plan B. Recite the poem. You never... This is really unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know, if you, she doesn't want a song or poem, then we should probably not give her one. Guardians to the Titan Vanguard Lorecast. I'm Anon Pig, and with us this week we have our fantastic hosts, Purple Chimera and Mythos Mike. How are you guys? I'm well, thanks. I'm doing just swell. Awesome. And also, as always, we are joined by Handsome Dragon in Handsome Dragon in Spirit because he's too good to actually talk to us. His words, not mine. Let's move on to our weekly highlight. Weekly highlights will vary with each episode. They can include community stories, fan fan fiction, gear and weapon text, grimoire general hype, etc. As well as uh, new segment pieces that uh, we're going to debut. Uh, this one is going to be one of the three new segments that we have working on in the background, I guess. Uh, this one is an interview that... Uh, I got to do with my friend Guardian, who made a physical book of the Year One Grimoire. Hi everyone, welcome to the first segment of the Destiny Lorecast interview. I'm your host, Anonpig, and my guest today is Guardian. Guardian, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty great, how are you? I'm doing pretty great myself. Now, uh... We've played together in Destiny, and you've actually been on an episode before. Uh, but most of that is because we're friends. Uh, so why exactly do I have you on for our first interview today? What 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 did you recently do? Recently, I created a product. Um, I spent a lot of time working on it, and it's something that the Destiny community has been asking for pretty much since day one of Destiny. Um, and that's I made a physical novel that includes all the destiny grimoire from year one destiny that's a uh, pretty impressive undertaking how, how long did it actually take you to from start to finish get the grimoire into a physical book approximately it took me about two months um it took about a month and a half to go from like concept to having it all ready to put together and then another two to three weeks to get the print for it so to get it all put together and ready to show so so you actually you actually took the grimoire and you had to format it in a way that would work on paper not just on a document and it also it also has images it has the graphics for the cards themselves yeah and that was the big undertaking um because a lot of the text it was pulling a lot of it in and formatting it the images themselves was kind of the big thing I wanted with the book because I have seen some other people do some stuff with grimoire as far as printing it out but they never had the images in them 
So the images I had to take and format and kind of move around, and that was a pain in the butt to do. But I think it turned out pretty well. It does. It does look really good. Uh, The only complaint I've seen, and the only complaint I have, and it comes from a a personal uh, place for myself, uh, because I used to do engraving work for like uh, nameplates and stuff. And mm-hmm. the title of it is very poorly kerned. Uh, the the spaces on the letters don't fit well. There's odd gaps in it. Like they just sort of. Your work clearly shows how professional it was done, but the person you went to to actually have it become a book seems to have slacked a little bit when it came to putting the the title on the book. Yeah, and so. The big thing is everything that was done from the cover um, to every page um, was done by me. And I had some help doing some of the image editing. So I completely made everything with the help of a friend. Um, And so that's why there are some of those issues. It's not professionally made. It's all made by me. Okay. So so, my my issue was actually with you and your friend. Yeah. Uh, Who who helped you with this? Um, He's a good friend of mine named Austin McComb. um, And he's was actually originally my older brother's friends and I've been friends with him for quite a few years and that's he does awesome. a lot of Photoshop stuff. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So Yeah, uh, and so, I mean, there are a lot of issues with the book, which is why you'll see that I haven't put out a PDF or tried to do anything with selling it but beyond legal reasons. Mm-hmm. Is Like I went through last night and there are quite a few issues with the book because this is still a rough draft. Um, this was the first time I had it physically made yeah. So a lot of those issues came out with the physical one. So I probably have another two weeks of fixing and editing things before I really will have something that is a true finished product. So will you be making a, another physical copy? I will probably end up printing another one of the year one just so that I have everything looking really nice and it looks good. So it's a real professional mm-hmm. copy where this one's the rough draft. So down the line, I probably will end up printing another one. And then eventually I would like to do the next editions, like year two and year three. Yeah, of course. So you mentioned uh, there's some there's some legal reasons why you can't really uh, distribute it as well. Can, can you talk about that, or is it more just... Because I know a lot of people were saying they want it, and if they if you can't sell it, that why can't you just give out the PDF? Um and it, it's obviously because it, the grimoire is more so bungee property than just taking the style, the guardian style, you know, because all that is really is a person in armor. You can't really claim that too strictly, but to word for word, take what bungee owns and sell it as your own. Uh, can you can you speak a little more on that or is that sort of uh, tied up and shouldn't be talked about? No, I can pretty much talk about that because that's pretty um, easy to explain. Um, all of the material in there is bungee material. It's all the grimoire cards and the grimoire text um, and images mm-hmm. that writers at Bungie have created. And so it is copyright material from Bungie. And so I had to get permission to actually create the physical form mm-hmm. because any printed material that is Bungie material technically is owned by Bungie. So there is copyright issues. So, realistically, I could give away the PDF. That would be legal. I can't sell it 
um, because that's not legal. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some loopholes that I'm sure I could get around to yeah. sell it to people, but that kind of comes down to I don't want to do any distribution of it without approval from Bungie. Because mm-hmm. like I said, if I made like 20 copies of this or I gave out the PDF, there's a lot of issues in there. And with Bungie not putting out their own grimoire book right now, this would be pretty much it. And so with the people who would buy this, I feel like it would directly, it's, I mean, it's directly tied to Bungie. Mm -hmm. So my book would have an effect on Bungie, what people think of Bungie, even though it's something I made, people would still kind of connect it to Bungie. And so I don't want to put out a product that has issues or that Bungie themselves would not be okay with because I want to respect the company and I want to respect the writers and the artists who did all the cards and the text. Of course. And I don't want to do anything that could mess up an image for Bungie with all of that work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good to uh, respect the art or the, the authors and the artists who've worked on those. Um, and I, I do, I do see where you're coming from. It's exactly like what people do with the destiny community, um, or now guardian con, uh, charities, uh, you know, people see this charity raised $500,000 for St. Jude's and it's about the game. It's from the game Destiny, which directly reflects upon Bungie. Bungie put out this game that made a community that did this. So to put out put out something that you, the person who created it, feels is incomplete or not as good as it could be could also negatively impact them. And... Um, also, there there definitely would be loopholes, as you said, uh, based on what we've seen. Uh, if you were to put out the the PDF, you could also open up a Patreon account saying, "Hey, if you just want to donate, you can donate here," and that would that would seemingly be within the guidelines of what Bungie does. Uh, but what was the actual process of getting it printed? Um, that is something I would like to kind of not disclose, um, just because I personally had to get permission from Bungie to uh-huh. make a physical copy. Okay. So I'd rather not kind of let other people know how they can print it. Yeah. Just course. because I know everyone else will need permission as well, and I'd rather not anyone else get in trouble for printing it and not having licensing. Of course, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, is there anything else that you'd like to... Uh say about the book or what you plan on doing forward moving forward with it uh moving forward with it i am planning on probably down the line in a few months making the year two edition Mm -hmm. and once i get the year one edition right how i like it and everything looks good um i can print that one and then when i make the second one it's all going to be uniform Mm -hmm. because ideally i mean for me i would love to make one of every year that destiny comes out yeah. And I did that because, like, if you try to group Destiny 1 together, that's going to be a lot of grimoire. And then it kind of throws off the uniformity if you try to go other things. So I split it up into years. And so I would like to do a grimoire book for each year. And for now, I want them all to kind of look the same and have the same feel. And I w- really wanted it to feel like a Bungie book. And that's kind of where the inspiration came from is I wanted it to feel like it's something Bungie would sell. And I wanted the pages to feel like you just opened up the Grimmar and Bungie.net and you're just reading it. And so I would like to make more copies 
Well, on, on that note, actually, because how it is on Bungie.net is that they have it in their own little categories. So if I were to go into the categories and I go into weapons, I can then go into primary weapons, and then I can go to Ghost Fragment Last Word. And in vanilla Destiny, or in year one Destiny, rather, uh, we got so many uh, cards on the last word. But in year two, we also got more, like the story wasn't finished. Uh, don't you think that sort of, uh, uh, not disorients, um, disrupts the flow of the cards, not having it go from start to finish on what was released? I think it does a little bit, but I think when it comes down to it, it's worth that little bit of disconnect because disconnect. how it is, I'm um, so with the disconnect. Yeah. So it's, I think it's worth it because if I tried to do that, I think it'd be impossible to do because what if seven years down the road, they come out with a book or they come out with a grimoire card for the last word. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might not happen, but it might happen. What if they add cards later on that add to cards previously there? I can't go back and just keep editing that book. So the easiest way is just make it by year. And then it's set up just like the grimoire is at bungie.net. Mm-hmm. So there's six main sections and there's a couple indexes at the back so you can find everything. There's the six main sections, which is like the guardian, allies, inventory, enemies. Mm-hmm. And then within those, there's the smaller subsections, which will tell you like, so primary weapons. And so I mix things up a little bit with exotic weapons. So instead of going primary weapons and then having exotic weapons later, it'll go primary weapons. So you'll have um, hand cannons and then you'll have thorn right beneath it. So it'll jump straight into the exotics. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of grouped a little differently. But for the most part, you can go into this book and you can go through and find this is where the last word grimoire cards are. And if you want to see the new ones, you can go into Destiny or the year two version and find the exact same thing and go um, inventory, weapons, primary weapons, hand cannons, last word. And pull that up. Okay. So then I just have um, one last question. Uh, do you have my address to send me the rough draft when you reprint the final version? <laughs> uh, no. Okay, well, I'll get, I'll get that to you after the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank but... you. Uh, thank you for being on. This was uh, our first official destiny lorecast interview we hope to be doing more of these uh with more members of the community that are doing cool things that either just don't have the time to really come on and talk lore with everyone don't really have an interest but they still deserve to be a focal point um so guardian why don't you tell everyone where they can find you um i'm pretty active around the community um i'm on ps4 so you can always look up me on the ps4 i'm also on twitch i stream a little bit, not too much. Um, I'm getting a lot more active on Twitter, especially after this book post. Um, and you can find me there at Guardian21, and it's spelled G-A-U, not G-U-A, mm-hmm. for absurd reasons. Um, and you can also find me on Reddit as the DRock21, kind of a different handle. But and then I'm also on the Ishtar forums, which are now a thing, which is a place where you can go and discuss lore topics and. Speak yeah, with other people who are commons. interested in lore. Yeah. Ishtar Commons, that's it, yeah. The personal forum name. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's been it's been great having you. Yeah, it's been great being on. It's always fun being on this podcast.
so then let's get on to the main topic. Uh, Purple, do you want to get us started? Sure. Commander Zavala. The Iron Banner rep card says, A hero of the city and a legend in his own right, Saladin Forge led the city's defense during the battle for the Twilight Gap. His protégés, Commander Zavala and Lord Jax, now lead the Tower's vanguard and the Crucible, respectively. Saladin remains close to Zavala, though his relationship with Shaxx has been strained since the Twilight Gap. The Iron Banner seeks to great champions to lead the fight against the darkness. It was born to honor the Iron Lords and their efforts in the earliest days of the city. So just because uh, Shaq, uh, Saladin, Zavala God, is a protege of Saladin doesn't necessarily mean he's an Iron Lord at all? No. no. Not anymore. All right. <laughs> Not anymore. Okay. Um, the Iron Banner card uh, blurb from there says, By order of the city consensus and the speaker, Saladin and Shaxx cooperate in administration, and the Iron Banner is technically a component of the Crucible. In practice, Saladin keeps his own schedule, his own rewards, and his own territory in the tower. Now and then, someone tries to get Zavala, Shaxx, and Saladin to sit down for dinner and sort out their differences, but they remain as awkward and as stubborn as St. Fourteen's skull. They have an interesting life, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, the Titan Vanguard card says, Basho knew we struggle after undated battle notes. Zavala has never shied away from hard decisions. His life bends under the double weight of honor and duty, each act of service more exhausting, each victory more costly. Zavala continues anyway. He never had time for anything softer than iron. Mark of the Stoneborn. They don't fail, Commander Zavala, in an emergency session of the city consensus. So, on the Titan Vanguard card, that last line sort of, uh, sort of rings uh, something. He has never had time for anything softer than iron. I, do you think that's just like a clever uh, play on the fact that his protege or his mentor was an Iron Lord? Yeah, and I think it just—it's also referencing the fact that his own resolve is—you need to have his own resolve in, in terms of protecting the city or being a guardian, or else he doesn't want to deal with you. He seems like that type type of person. Hmm. Well, uh, why don't why don't you go through this next section for us? Yeah. So this is the zone control uh, grimoire card. Only one path to victory, guardians. Lord Shacks. I wish I could do the Lenny James voice. 6v6 team engagements. Seize pre-selected vantage points and dig in to defend them against the opposing team. Zones under team control score points over time. Sometimes holding your ground is all that matters. A rare concession to Commander Zavala. Shax offers up this variant of control as an exercise in battlefield terrain acquisition and defense. Lay down, lay claim to the territory, go shoulder to shoulder with your allies and keep it yours. Either Titan would tell you the best offense is a flawless defense, but take note. Cade 6 might just point out that sometimes that works the other way around. <laughs> They're going to move on to the Taken War Earth. Yep, yep. All thanks to me. I know we thought we had a good thing with that coven of wizards, but it took a real field commander to see how easily intelligence can be misread. Now that the Guardians cleared out the Echo, Wa- Echo at King's Watch... I think the old Cosmodrome's going to be just fine. 
Cade 6 after action report to Zavala. If only that had been true. The Taken War, Venus. This is an excerpt of a quote from a core array. And we've, men- and we've managed to uncover a few more references to this tradeth as a result. We're using what the Collective had in their vault to help in our efforts. Meanwhile, the Guardian's work across Venus appears to be working. Without the Echo, Taken activity is in decline. I have full faith the area can be swept clear of the creatures. That is an after-action report to Zabala for my core. And then this is the Taken War Mars. Without further analysis, it is hard to tell uh, what impact, if any, this war on the Taken will have. The echo destroyed by the Guardian on Phobos will certainly slow their advance. Now that we know of access to the Black Garden and the old tunnels beneath Freehold Station, we'll ensure those areas are regularly patrolled and locked down. At the end of the day, it is simply too soon to fully appreciate the stain orcs left on our system. This is Zavala having an after-action report to the speaker. So, um... Here we actually see the sort of line of command. Cade and Ikora both report to Zavala, whereas Zavala reports directly to the speaker. Yeah, as Vanguard, as the current Vanguard commander, uh, his his role takes a little more importance. Even though Ikora and Cade kind of do their own things, and I think they just have have almost as important of a role in terms of the operation of Guardians. Um, Zavala's role in terms of the grand scope of the city, especially since he has a lot more impact with the consensus, I think overall makes him a little bit more important in the chain of command. Yeah. They all have their roles to play, though, as you said. Mm-hmm. So then that brings us to the Dreadnought. And so that's the situation. With Cade's help, the Guardian has established a beachhead on the Dreadnought. I'm caught in the impossible position of wanting to reward and punish them both. If you have any guidance in this matter, it would be appreciated. I'll file another report this evening. For now, I need to go have another conversation with Eris Morn before she rends Cade limb from limb. Commander Zavala to tra- uh, Commander Zavala transmission to to Traveler's Observatory. Uh, so that's again to the speaker. And then regicide. And so the king... Does it actually say... start? Yeah, it starts the same way as the other one. Uh, yep. And so the king has been slain. Driven out of our world, Eris and Ikora have already begun planning a way to assault the Ascendant Realm and end the threat of orcs once and for all. The Guardian will lead that fire team, no doubt. Once they, had, once they have a chance to stop and breathe. In the meantime, we're leave we're leveraging all available hidden and awoken intelligence assets to understand the threat of the Taken army left behind. The other members of the Vanguard have begun drawing up assault plans, and I have full faith and confidence we'll see this threat put to rest as well. Commander Zavala transmission to the Traveler's Observatory. Uh, so that actually comes before the Taken War uh, steps, just to talk about it chronologically. Yep. And... Uh, one thing I want to touch on before you go on, um, for those who don't know, the Traveler's Observatory is the section of the tower where the Speaker's office and library are contained. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, Sorry. And then uh, so I'm laughing because I love, I, this is probably one of my favorite uh, items. It's it's the middle, it's, it's sort of taken out of context, so just understand I'm not, 
I'm not uh, not making sense on purpose. Just have a hard time believing you take anything seriously. Placing the patrol beacons was supposed to be a careful, meticulous process. I expected it to take the better part of a week. I don't mind you delegating the task, but you should have collaborated to make sure they were triangulated perfectly. Do you have any idea how long it took to deploy the beacon network on the Cosmodrome? Transcript excerpt of a two-hour long meeting between Cade, Six, and Zavala. <laughs> That's that one line. Two hours of yeah. listening him drone on and on. Yeah. <laughs> Cade getting reprimanded for two hours for getting us on the dreadnought. <laughs> and then uh, this last little bit here is just to sort of show, uh, I, I, I guess we should say the purity of Zavala. I wanted to make sure that we had it, but it doesn't really fit mm-hmm. in the other sections. Uh, Crota's Bane. Eris Morn is the sole survivor of an ill-fated raid on the Hive's Lunar Fortress. It was Eris and a ragtag fire team who, after the first charge to take back the moon, sacrificed everything to return in search of the one the Hive call Crota. Robbed of her ghost, Eris remained lost among the darkest shadows of the Hellmouth for countless cycles. Despite all odds, she endured. Using the very dark she battled to emerge a changed warrior. Driven, some would say obsessed. The speaker and commander Zavala find her compulsions a sickness, convinced she has been fully seduced by the shadows. Though her warnings of Crota and his power are often dismissed as madness, Eris returns to the shadows time and time again, operating as one of Ikora Ray's hidden, a clandestine group of guardians tasked with silently infiltrating enemy strongholds and gathering vital intel for the warlocks. He's a very by the book type of guy. Yeah. Very 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 much so. Uh but and I think that's sort of why uh I I really like uh it's we recorded before this episode we recorded uh another episode depending on when you listen to this it might not exactly be out yet. Uh where I said how I like it when they build up a character so that you can understand the character, like who they are and what they'll do before they do it, and then they sort of break that character, like they they do the they break who that is, uh, and that's why these next few pieces, uh, I really like these next few pieces because they I feel like they sort of imply a break in who Zavala, in Zavala's character. Well then, uh, Mike, would you like to read a uh, this next section here? Sure. As Anand said, this is sort of... I, I think these cards give a little more of a background in terms of why Zavala is who he is, uh, give a little bit of his personality away. Uh, also, his complete love and affection for the city. So, this we titled this section, Zavala on the City. This is the Scourge of Winter card from Vanilla. I will admit to a very personal satisfaction at the death of Draxus. He hurt my city and he hurt my friends. Few guardians have ever assaulted a Kel in the throne room of his own catch. The entire tower is abuzz at the chance to explore his this downed winter ship. But more important, we've removed another fallen nightmare from our worlds. We thank you, Guardian, Commander Zavala. This is the Silent Fang quest uh, step from um, House of Wolves. The Silent Fang? Yes, 
Yes, I remember them. The Fang made a number of attacks against the city during the days of the Reef Wars. They'd take to terror tactics, slipping invisibly through through with cargo and going on a rampage in a crowded residential area. Zavala. This is a March of Fire. Um, I believe this is the uh, Sunbreaker questline, if I remember correctly. This is the first I've heard from the Sunbreakers in years. They were an ancient order of titans, bearers of the Hammer of Soul, unstoppable, vigilant. I want you to make contact, Commander Zavala. This is the Devil's Lair card. I believe this is you get this after you kill uh, Sepix Prime. The Fallen will continue to crawl at the walls of our city unless we strike them down. Beneath the ruins of the Cosmodrome and the shadow of an old colony ship, we have located the House of Devil's Lair and the High Servitor, feeding them their strength. We must destroy them, this machine god and send their, holes screaming, send their souls screaming back to hell. Commander Zavala. Finally, the Fallen Saber card. We've picked up a high-gain transmission. Origin point is somewhere along the coast, near the Cosmodrome. Get in there, assess the threat, and aid Rasputin. A threat to the war mind is a threat to the city as well. Commander Zavala. So a big, a big part of who he is is just protect the city, protect the city, protect the city, protect the city. And it gets a little exhausting reading through his things because it's so obsessive about protecting the city. But I've um, never good. Sorry. Oh no no, say what you were going to say. I've never seen a character in pretty much any game that is so obsessed with order and a specific entity as he is. I mean, it's it's admirable, but I, like you said, it can get a bit annoying and it makes his character a little dull sometimes, mm. I think. But so um Twilight Gap happened uh, however long ago Twilight Gap happened it happened and from then Commander Zavala went on to become or Zavala went on to become the Vanguard commander so we also have evidence that we didn't list here it's uh I forgot what card it was sorry but oh well uh where Andal sells Cade right in front of Zavala that he thinks Cade is actually Rasputin. So it has evidence that Andal was alive and the, therefore the Hunter Vanguard while uh, Zavala was the Vanguard commander. So this first card that in this section, uh, Scourge of Winter, I will admit to a very personal satisfaction at the death of Draxus. He hurt my city and he hurt my friends. Uh, Draxus is the Kell of Winter, and the Kell of Winter hired Tanix to hi- to hijack uh, Axor, the Archon Priest, out of the Prison of Elders. Tanix was also the Fallen who killed Andal Brask. So, when I was going through these, it just sort of felt like, is this like long string of connections, like all connected, or is it just like scattered lines that don't actually uh, form anything, but a part of me thinks Draxus was in some way responsible for the death of Andal, sort of like the puppet master controlling Tanix, because uh, Cade also has like a serious vendetta against Draxus. It's not just Zavala. So for both of them to know Andal 
and both of them to hate Draxus, and for Draxus to have hired Tanix, I guess not necessarily in the past, but in the past relative to now, like, is that enough to sort of say, like, Draxus was in some way responsible for the death of Andal Brask? If not indirectly, then definitely directly. Uh, I, I, I would say without a doubt because of that continued relationship that you touched upon. So then, especially with the new coming expansion on the Cabal, uh, Zavala is actually the most, I guess, experienced with the Cabal. He, he seems to have the most knowledge on them at the very least. So our first one is uh, Cerberus V3. And uh, also the Cerberus V3 transcript. Because those are essentially the exact same thing, only the transcript has a little bit extra. Whether we wanted it or not, we've stepped into a war with the Cabal on Mars. So let's get to taking out their command one by one. Valus to Arik. From what I can gather, he commands the Siege Dancers from an Imperial land tank outside of Rubicon. He's well protected, but with the right team, we can punch through those defenses, take this beast out, and break their grip on Freehold. Then later on in the transcript, Valus to Arik has finally been defeated and the Cabal Command dealt a great blow. But the darkness rising, more fleets, but in the darkness rising, more fleets will come and new leaders will rise. We must be ready to face them all. Then from the two lights as one bounty, the Cabal have a word for a pair of guardians. It's the same word, it's the same as their word for overwhelming force, Commander Zavala. And then from the Armor Breaker quest, There is no Cabal word for retreat. Stand fast against them, or perish in their wake. Z Commander Zavala. And then Black Shield. The Cabal are too structured, too disciplined. Let's show them what fun looks like. Area designation Black Shield. Location Firebase Thuria Phobos. Codenamed Black Shield. This decommissioned firebase is believed to have been a key position used by the Cabal as they established their war base on the surface of Mars within the majority of their forces stationed planetside. Guardians have been able to claim Black Shield as a competitive training ground. Both Shaxx and Commander Zavala have questioned the Cabal's strategy, believing that forfeiting such a strategic position may one day leave the Cabal and Mars open to a proper offensive. And then finally, Fleet Base Koros Phobos. Thuria might be clear, but it's not the problem Koros uh, could become. Holborn. Discovered by Holborn's host in association with Lord Shaxx and a Red Jack fire team, Fleet Base Koros makes the largest known Cabal orbital defense station in system. Reports have the Fleet Base under the command of tr uh, Triumvirate, headed by one Primus Ta'on and his fleet battalion commanders Valus Talarun and Valus Maual. The Skyburner fleet has yet to be deployed against the city, bringing Zavala the fear that the Cabal have yet to launch their core campaign. Lots and lots of foreshadow. Yeah. If only we had known at the time. I mean, everyone knew something was coming. I don't, I don't think I, I don't, I didn't expect on this scale. I didn't expect the city, you know, being destroyed, at least partly. 
but yeah. Um, you want me to read the next bit of that, or do you have anything you'd like to discuss? I mean, uh, it's a good thing he's still alive. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he's if he's sort of like our expert on the cabal, we're gonna need him. So then, yeah, why don't you, uh, since uh, Purple had to go tend to her child, which always comes first, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to have to finish the show up without her, sadly. Especially because this is going to be her last show for a little while. Uh, so we'll we'll drop her info at the end. So why don't you uh, just finish this off? Sure. So this is from the uh, transcript of the Outbound Signal mission, which is the lead-in to Destiny 2, I'd like to think. Zavala. On my order, the dead orbit fleet is well clear of Saturn. We'll need them to defend the city if it comes to that. They've picked up a high-gain signal from the Cabal beachhead on the Dreadnought. The message is outward bound. Its target is far outside the solar system. We have to know what they're saying and who they're saying it to. Zavala. I'll pass the scan from your ghost to the cryptarchy. I have a feeling we'll want to know as much about this signal as we can. In the meantime, that's job well done. When you see a rock Jalal, tell him thanks for the tip. Then this is the grimoire card for, or excuse me, it's a quest step for the outbound signal. We know next to nothing about cabal control structures above the system level. Perhaps in disabling the signal and ending the Legion's communication beyond the system, we, we will learn something. Zavala. And this is the after uh, after grammar card for outbound signal. To answer your question, yes, we can confirm the signal was received. I've included our best guess for the targeted area of space. It's problematic because our tightest footprint still encompasses several light years worth of systems. It is worth noting, for what it's worth, that whoever received the signal lies within that sphere. All available deep space assets have been alerted, and we'll continue to monitor the situation as best we can. Arak Jalal, report to Zavala and the speaker. So that last one actually shows that even Arak Jalal reports to Zavala, like, on some level when it comes to, to missions. I think that I would... Sorry, good. I just think that's I just think that's sort of interesting. When it comes to like missions involving the Vanguard, he reports to uh, Zavala and then also through Zavala the speaker. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say that whenever the factions require use of guardians, they probably have to run it through the Vanguard and the consensus first because I don't think they really have, except for the emissaries and the tower, they don't have a lot of standing in what we know as PVE content. Obviously, they have oh. the... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I would disagree that they have to bring it through the consensus. I think they would just have to bring it through the Vanguard and the speaker sort of oversees the Vanguard on some That's level. That's a good point. That's a good point. Never mind. I didn't consider that, considering the report was to Zavala and the speaker. Yeah, I think that... Probably, that's probably the case with both Hideo and... Um, uh, Ideo and I'm totally blanking on the future war cults representative Lakshmi too, goodness. Um, probably they have to run through that as well. I don't think it's just the case. You know, this is this is just a one-time case. This is probably a long-standing arrangement with each of the factions and the vanguard. Yeah. Well, this one was a 
bit of a shorter episode because Zavala doesn't really have much uh, discussion to uh, get into. He's pretty. He's pretty. You see what you get, or you get what you see. So, um, thanks for listening, and we do hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lurcast. Until next week, you can find us on Twitter at Destiny Lurcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please give us your thoughts and theories. Uh, be sure to also email us at destinylurkast at gmail.com what each raid has meant to you. Uh, at a, in a future episode, our hosts will be picking out their favorites and reading them on air. Uh, so we'd appreciate that. If you'd like to help us grow, please leave us a review on iTunes. And you can find us and other great podcasts such as the Destiny Down Under podcast, the RNG cast, the Massive Breakdowns podcast, and Rabbit Hole Radio, and the DTR podcast, all in the DTR network. Uh, Mike, where can people find you? You could find me on Twitter at Mythos Mike. Uh, I tweet all the time. Um, you can also find me on Twitch every once in a while, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Mythos Mike. Um, you can find some of my old um, uh, articles and YouTube videos on Planet Destiny, uh, Planet Destiny's YouTube channel, and www.planetdestiny.com. Awesome. Uh, so you can find Purple Chimera at Purple Chimera on. Uh, Twitter, and you can also find her th- uh, her summaries on the ishtar-collective.net. Uh, she will be taking a small break for the duration of April to uh, be with family and whatnot, and then she will be coming back. She's not she's not leaving us. She's coming back, but we will be uh, filling the gap with uh, a guest host for that time period, just to to help move the show along. So it's not just two people talking back and forth. Get some uh, more discussion. <laughs> I don't like, think they could put up with just the two of us. Yeah, but you can <laughs> you can find me at anonpeg on Twitter, and that's pretty much the only place you can find me. Uh, so one last thing that we want to announce: uh, we will be having our first official giveaway, uh, probably within the next couple months. Uh, we have acquired a small number of the Cade figures, which. Given the batch quantities that I've heard about and GameStops are pretty rare considering how many players that there are and we will be giving them away but we are not saying just how yet because we want to let it sort of circulate you know the just what the Cade figure is so everyone knows everyone's seen the pictures of it everyone's decided they want that so it's not just going to be one person comes in and says I want it and then they get it it's more for everyone uh, to have a chance at. Uh, the only the only thing the entry will actually require is an email. That's all, and that you listen to us pretty much because uh, yeah, just listen to us and send us an email uh, when we say how to get it. Uh, so until next time, guardians. See you next time, guys.